Good morning and welcome to the Rise to Fame Crypto Podcast. I'm your host Pravin Babu and I can't wait to get started with you. Today we are going to be discussing some very exciting news developments that have come across in the Web3 space and this is also the first episode of the Crypto Podcast. So I'm super excited and nervous as hell. I hope you take it easy on me and I will look forward to sharing some exciting news with you. There is also some trouble in paradise with news from Azirex, Binance and Solana hack and whatnot. We'll unpack all of that in the episode. Stay tuned. All right, nice to have you back. Before we get started, I think an introduction is in order. Why this podcast? Why now? And why this format and this medium? The podcast is going to be streamed in a li- in a live format first. We're going to be going live on YouTube so that we will try and create a conversation with you, the audience, so that you can participate and help me unpack some of this news and we can dive into a lot of this together. The next piece we will also be picking up is the uh, news and events that we're going to be diving into and also understand a little bit more about uh, why some of the fundamentals of crypto and Web3 are unpacking the way they are these days. This will help us learn more about the nuance of why crypto is here to stay and why and how you can participate in this in a logical uh, way. So stay tuned and let's dive right in. Uh, number one, uh, we are going to be uh, picking up the Wazirx and Binance uh, challenge. As you can see with the window that I've shared with you, uh, there is some news with Trouble in Paradise because when the news initially broke about the uh, uh, Wazirx uh, and Binance Association, a lot of us uh, in India were super excited. Uh, having worked with some of these folks in the past, what I would say is the news about Wazirx tying up with uh, uh, with uh, an entity like uh, Binance was a super encouraging news for all of us because there was so much more that we could expect Wazirx to do. Uh, but again, there is going to be a lot of pain and confusion um, in uh, amongst a lot of you, myself included, initially when I came across this news because a lot of us do have funds locked with Wazirx on the exchange. And what we are hearing today is that the Indian Enforcement Directorate uh, has frozen $8 million worth of funds uh, of Wazirx to investigate them for possible money laundering. And this is a common emerging theme uh, across the world when it comes to Web3 and crypto because for better or for worse, uh, Web3 and crypto does make it super easy for bad actors to uh, you know, launder their funds. It, it gives you easy access to money where you can onboard uh, any kind of crypto that you want and uh, do all kinds of mischief. So uh, when you look into that fact, it makes sense for why uh, the KYC process and various other fund deposits, transfers can be investigated by government regulators. And that is probably what we are seeing happen here with Wazirx as well. But then again, I'm confident that a lot of the funds in Wazirx are on the up and up. And most of the retail investors, crypto and investments will not be heavily uh, affected. It is nevertheless a little bit of a matter of panic and confusion for the audience and something that I'm sure will change over the course of time. 
Uh, that being said, what do you do and how do you deal with this? My advice to you is don't panic. Just give it time. If you have onboarded funds into Wazirx that are uh, from your personal account with no uh, particular challenges, and if there is nothing shady about the money that's already there, you are absolutely fine. Just give it some time, and your uh, crypto funds should be available to you in no time at all. That being said, uh, you also want to be a little cautious and keep your eyes on the news. There is a little bit of confusion, a little bit of awkwardness because uh, CZ, uh, the CEO at uh, Binance, and Nistral Shetty are having a bit of a, a kerfuffle in terms of the uh, nature of the engagement that Binance and Wazirx have. There is some argument about the level of ownership, who actually has access to the funds, and whatnot. Let me let me clarify one thing from my perspective, and this is purely my opinion. And again, uh, do not take anything I say in this podcast as investment advice. I'm just sharing my personal opinion with you, and hopefully, we'll have a very profitable journey together. <laughs> Now, I have personally worked with Nishal Shetty when he was the founder of Crowdfire many years back, and I found him to be a fantastic guy. He's intelligent. He's creative. He's a visionary. And he has his eyes set on stuff that's going to happen five years, ten years down the line. So I have absolutely no doubt that Nishal and his team and others at Wazirx will solve things for us, and things would be sorted out with the ED in a matter of it's just a matter of time. So wait it out. I have also uh, seen CZ. I have not had a chance to work with him yet, but I have seen him on various events and at various conversations that he has had. And I true, uh, I I do believe that he is a visionary of sorts himself. And I have absolutely no doubt in his ethical and moral uh, approach towards uh, Web3. He is a fantastic guy, and I'm sure that it, it's just a matter of time uh, before things get sorted out. There is one little bit of news that CZ did share on his uh, Twitter that I think we should uh, be communicating and discussing on this podcast. Uh, that is the part where he said, and it's very odd for someone like CZ to say this in the first place. What he has said here is that if you have funds on Wazirx, you should transfer it to Binance. Simple as that. We could disable Wazirx. Weird. Uh, we could disable Wazirx wallets on a tech level, but we can't slash won't do that. And as much debates as we are enduring, we can't won't hurt users. Well, it's a little odd, uh, but it is reassuring and scary at the same time. I don't know how many of you Wazirx users already are validated and verified users on Binance. If you want to do this, if you don't want to do this, me personally. Before the Indian uh, crypto regulations came into play, I had already moved a lot of my crypto funds uh, to DeFi wallets, so I'm not truly that affected. I do still maintain uh, some funds on various centralized exchanges, including Wazirx, Binance, Coinbase, and many others, with the pure intent of understanding their onboarding process, to understand their uh, user experience, and to get a little more familiarity. But over the course of my uh, education and understanding of what crypto is truly capable of, I soon understood that the best way to uh, experience crypto is to take 
custody of your crypto assets and that is what i did and i encourage you to learn more about this and decide how you want to manage your crypto going forward that being said right now there is a bit of a argument going on on twitter and as you can see on my screen at the time of recording and the, at the time of this live session 3 hours back uh, cz is accusing initial of playing uh, word games uh, a fact we are asked for transferring this it seems wazir x has not been co uh, cooperating with the ed which i doubt i'm sure they are on the up and up cz clarifying whether he is talking to certain uh, journalists who are claiming to have spoken to him all things being said uh guys what i would uh, ask you to do here is do your own research this is a term you will hear very often when you are in the crypto space and do your own research understand what you want to do with your crypto funds but let me uh, assure you one thing there is no reason for any fear uncertainty or doubt things are fine this is part of the process of integrating and welcoming something new into our lives and that is essentially what is happening with crypto uh across the world Give me a quick second. I'm just going to plug in my machine to power. I'm sorry, I forgot to do that earlier. So I can see my battery alert. All right. Are we there? I think we are good. All right. That being said. Um, we have also seen some news from nishil he has clarified uh, the kind of engagement with uh, binance and wazirx he has uh, uh, could shut down wazirx shared access to amazon web services aws is amazon web services where i'm guessing a lot of the platform is currently hosted and managed so there's a lot of uh, narratives floating around uh, but i wouldn't uh, have any of you again worry about this uh, the enforcement directorate investigating the uh, uh, crypto holdings uh, in wazirx is not any different from what is happening for example with uh, coinbase which is also dealing with its own uh, issue with the uh, securities and exchanges commission the sec which is investigating coinbase for uh, securities fraud and possible money laundering and a bunch of other things which is again uh, a sheer like i said earlier a sheer uh, signal of the how mainstream uh, regulators and trade fi or traditional finance is adapting and understanding how to deal with the complexity and nature of use of crypto and that is what we are seeing here this also reminds me of a famous quote that is often attributed to mahatma gandhi which is uh, first they ignore you then they laugh at you then they fight you and then you win why this now because initially when crypto was picking up uh, it was mostly ignored most of us just ignored it it was just something on the sidelines a bunch of techies just playing around with code and money and what not it's fine we don't want to get involved right then came the pictures and the monkeys and the apes and the crypto punks and pudgy penguins and people started wondering hey this this stuff is funny this stuff is not serious obviously so a lot of folks had a nice laugh about it but then there was the valuation at its peak crypto started touching 3 trillion dollars in market cap 
it was doubling year on year and folks were seeing exponential growth of their cryptocurrencies as time evolved and what happened inevitably the governments and the regulators warmed up and realized that hey we need to look into this a little bit more and that is where the fight started and i think that is what we are seeing today in 2022 you're going to see a lot of regulation not just in asia europe and north america and south america africa name it you're going to see a lot of regulatory attention being paid to crypto web3 and how folks are doing business and interacting with their audiences and how currencies are changing hands between users because like i said it's a wild wild west out there uh, a lot of stuff is still being figured out a lot of hacks are happening a lot of people are nervous and scared but good news uh, to end this entire wazirx binance ed government of india intervention the united states government intervention is this little news that came out on techcrunch uh, a while back uh which spoke about how the reserve bank of india which is india's central bank very similar to the fed in the us how they uh shared this feeling with the government of india that there should be potential for banning uh cryptocurrencies because it's a mess and we can't figure out a mess uh, hats off uh, to the rbi and the government of india and all the global governments for managing the mess that is the global financial ecosystem in the first place because despite all their best efforts and on their intellect and all the regulators we still have to deal with downturns and recessions and run on banks and depressions and inflation and the list goes on with all that going on what you will also realize is that the complexity that crypto and its entire ecosystem brings is going to be a little tough for a lot of folks to digest so i really don't blame them for their uh, hate and ambiguity but i only hope that their understanding will come in due course of time and we will have a wonderful journey where the mainstream can move towards the web3 uh, utopia and experience why so many of us um, past skeptics myself included are now evangelists and believers in uh, what uh, web3 has in uh, store for us uh the silver lining of this news from the rbi which i wanted to touch upon today is the is how nirmala sitaraman uh, the finance minister in india uh made a note about the destabilizing effect of uh, cryptocurrencies but also said that it is virtually impossible to ban crypto because any kind of banning of crypto would need significant international collaboration there's a pdf attached to this article on techrunch do check it out if you're curious to learn more because she has correctly said banning crypto uh, is only going to lead to folks finding workarounds and it further getting more distant and more uh, difficult to regulate and maintain and monitor it is better to move uh, traditional finance and the banking systems to understand and integrate with the web3 narrative in a more logical sense and hopefully we'll see news and developments in this space over the course of time all i hope is both sides of the table the web3 community and the uh, traditional finance community can keep open minds and embrace uh, the concepts help the evolution and improvement of something that i'm 
super confident is going to be uh, full of exciting new opportunities for all of mankind that being said uh, crypto is not without its pitfalls it has its own challenges and i'm sure that a lot of you out there who are not very active on crypto are always a little shocked and alarmed at some of the news that comes out of crypto about hacks and rug pulls and whatnot. In recent weeks, there have been a lot of uh, there's been a lot of chatter about various hacks and whatnot. Uh, I want to unpack some of the marquee or more recent uh, narratives and share my perspective on why they have happened and what you can learn from them. Without going into too much of the technical details, which I honestly don't understand a lot of it myself, but I do understand enough to have a conversation about it, which I'm going to share with you. Please correct me if I'm wrong. Please share your comments and let me know what you think about some of these uh, factors. But getting started, recently there was news of the Slope wallet hack. Uh, initially, a couple of days back, there was a lot of panic because there was news that almost 9,000 uh, Solana wallets were being drained of their crypto assets. Uh, after the initial panic died down, there was some clarity that emerged that it was not restricted to... Uh, uh, it, it, it was rather not a broader uh, uh, issue that affected the Solana network, but rather something that specifically affected the practices and processes that were used at Slope Wallet, which is essentially a decentralized finance wallet that was holding and uh, holding on to the seed phrases of many of its users in a plain text manner on one of their centralized databases. What does this mean? Well, your seed phrase is your password and it's your key to the kingdom. You want to protect it, you want to save it, and you want to ensure that you are the only one who has ever got access to it. To access your crypto assets, you will need to use your seed phrase in various formats, with various apps. Uh, that uh, Again, wallets, not general uh, protocols and apps. Please do not share it on any, any untrusted uh, website or uh, app. You want to make sure that your seed phrase is sacrosanct. It should be hidden away. As a matter of fact, we'll, we'll have a dedicated session on seed phrases and the kinds of wallets and what you can do to protect yourself. But... To address the slope wallet issue, it primarily seemed to have only affected a lot of users who were using this particular product and had used their seed phrase on the product. And uh, for better or for worse, now the wallet has uh, the team at the wallet and Solana uh, team and various other community members have come together and tried to uh, restrict and uh, stop any of the issues uh, from spreading. But what we are looking at is a potential of roughly $5 million worth of uh, 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 crypto assets that were lost. And they're currently offering a bounty for uh, the attackers to uh, return the funds back. Well, time alone will answer if that actually works. But uh, lesson to be learned here, folks, is be very careful about the wallets that you use. Uh, full disclaimer, I am working with uh, uh, Frontier Wallet, which is also a decentralized finance wallet, which 
uh, follows some very tough practices to make sure that crypto uh, assets are secured and the seed phrases are never stored in the wallet uh, at any given time. So you want to do your due diligence and find out what the best wallet for you out there is. And you want to make sure that you take a lot of care about securing where you store your seed phrase. Again, more on that later. But definitely don't save your seed phrase on your desktop, on a Word document, in an email draft. You want to write it on a physical piece of paper and store it away somewhere safe. Uh, again, we'll go into that in greater detail in, uh, in future episodes. That being said, the other news that came out was the Nomad uh, hack, which is again a token bridge project. And what happened here was almost $190 million uh, of Ethereum tokens were stolen in this hack. There is a lot to unpack here and a lot of technicality, which I don't want to get into. But again, this is a standard practice and something that uh, you should probably understand a little bit more about. It is always best to make sure that you use the, any token on its native chain. You do not want to ideally take a wrapped version of the token off its native chain onto another chain. Instead, buy or transact and earn your own cryptos on each chain. The more you bridge, the more you are potentially exposing your crypto assets to uh, bad actors and uh, bad juju. So you want to make sure that you want to avoid any unnecessary bridging. And even if you do have to do it, make sure that you're doing it on a hyper secure bridge and not exposing a lot of your crypto to it. As it stands today, almost $22 million of uh, the crypto has been returned because apparently this hack was executed by a bunch of white hat uh, hackers, uh, vigilantes of sorts, you might say, but uh, they're still holding on to a tidy sum. So again, uh, we'll have to see how this uh, plays out over the course of time. That being said, there is... Uh, a lot of due diligence that users like us need to do when it comes to transacting uh, and bridging our crypto assets from one chain to another chain. There are so many exciting chains out there, so many exciting protocols out there that you want to participate in. It's very tempting to just shoot and bridge some crypto over, over to one of these new chains. But again, uh, do your homework, do your due diligence, or look for a uh, you know, uh, curated list of uh, crypto assets before you, uh, uh, sorry, a curated list of crypto protocols uh, before you um, uh, do any of this stuff uh, or do any bridging on your own. That being said, uh, we also have some news uh, from the Ethereum merge. To bring you up to speed, Ethereum is obviously one of the most popular chains on uh, Web3 and where a lot of the protocols and development is happening. It is also the favored platform for pretty much everybody who's who in uh, the crypto space. But there has been a significant limitation to Ethereum's ability to scale to a broader user base because of the high gas fees. Gas fees essentially uh, being the transaction fee that you need to pay to utilize the blockchain uh, being incredibly high and the number of concurrent transactions you can do per second and whatnot. Ethereum is also uh, limited to what was uh, earlier or hopefully is going to be past tense 
the proof of work model which was incredibly energy intensive slow and expensive to boot for a lot of folks to do ethereum is planning to move to the uh, proof of stake uh, uh, you know mechanism which will help for uh, faster speeds and what not and that is part of what we are referring to here with the mid september merge Ethereum uh, Foundation, the organization that runs the Ethereum uh, blockchain, has been wanting to do this for years now, and for various reasons, it has been constantly. The timeline has been getting pushed, but the good news is that 2020, uh, 2022 looks like the year where it's finally going to happen, and we are edging close to it and as far as we can see the date for the merge is planned for september 19th so not too far away and on the same thread uh, there was this very interesting talk uh, vitalik buterin gave at uh, eat cc in paris uh, back in july where he spoke about the merge the surge the verge purge and splurge again being being a marketer being someone who loves words I I I just loved uh the entire poetry <laughs> behind this particular phrasing. Uh just to unpack this really quickly, uh the merge obviously is where uh the proof of stake uh, mechanism uh merges uh with the older proof of work mechanism and becomes and eventually uh absolutely eliminates the proof of work model and the ethereum blockchain would move to an exclusively proof of stake uh mechanism that being said it would allow for better energy efficiency better uh, user participation more governance what not uh we are also looking at the eventual surge the surge is again a technical upgrade to the ethereum blockchain where sharding would allow for more concurrent transactions on chain and the verge where uh, folks would be able to carry out more um, edge transactions now what is this essentially where users can store a little bit of data and participate and help validate some of the transactions on the ethereum chain uh, is what uh, vitalik is referring to here with vertical trees and what not is what uh, vitalik is referring to here as the verge then we have the purge where all data is going to be discarded so that uh, the data and storage on the ethereum blockchain is optimized and improved for speed uh and then finally we have the splurge which is all the good stuff right uh that is where uh, the builders can come on board start uh building fantastic new applications gamefi defi name it nfts and metaverses and the entire ecosystem would hopefully explode uh as we progress to through each of these levels in the ethereum evolution So that being said we have so much more to look forward to and that is one of the reasons I decided to do this podcast at this time we are looking at the start of an incredible journey for humanity uh, with web3 and we are looking at a lot of exciting stuff this is about to go mainstream and I want to make sure that you like me are uh given every opportunity to participate in this and to learn more about this and interestingly if you are anywhere in the world you can most likely go ahead and buy some crypto and start figuring it out uh, for yourself uh but if you are like me in india uh, this is also a very good time to study because uh, for better or for worse the indian government has 
essentially with its uh, very, very uh, tough uh, taxation laws, ensure that none of us can really transact on crypto without bleeding ourselves dry. So this is a very good time to study and understand what crypto is capable of and how you might want to participate in it when things lighten up and the government of India relents and lets the rest of us have a little bit of fun. And well, it always starts with fun and then later it gets serious when you actually start making money and start seeing the value and the opportunities and the kind of functionality and utility of it. So there is so much excitement uh, out there and I'm sure that uh, like this podcast, there are many other creators out there who will be bringing this news to you. And I want to give you some of the news as often as I can in the context that I would love to consume content in. That being said, we have another bit of news from um, Tesla. Again, Elon Musk is one of those colorful folks who, if you're following him on Twitter like I am, is never a dull moment. There's always something crazy going on with that guy. I admire him incredibly as a business person. And I love what he has done for Tesla. If you remember, there was this chatter some time back of how Tesla would accept Bitcoin as, trans as a payment mechanism to buy uh, Tesla cars. And that is part of the story here. Tesla went on to own a lot of uh, Bitcoin in its um, company Watchest. And it was only recently that it liquidated almost $1 billion worth of its Bitcoin just before its quarterly reportings. Again, that had some kind of an impact on uh, the uh, Bitcoin value, but it has since recovered and done quite well. But this is again a, a very interesting point to note that institutions getting in, uh, involved in crypto is actually one of the key factors that is going to drive the mainstream adoption and acceptance of crypto and Web3. And Tesla was one of the early movers in this space. And a lot of companies, a lot of entities have followed uh, Tesla in uh, this process. And I'm hoping that Tesla continues to hold some Bitcoin and is saying that they will uh, uh, continue to invest in Bitcoin in future. But uh, keep an eye on uh, some of the institutional buyers out there in the world, and you will see some uh, positive trends, I'm sure, as time progresses in how this plays out. And finally, uh, a bit of news uh, for uh, the Celsius uh, uh, element, again, there were a lot of uh, bad players out there. Uh, some companies, I believe, with good intentions but bad practices ended up doing some uh, very mischievous transactions with ended up hurting a lot of users out there. Again, I do not honestly believe that any of these companies wished to not, uh, uh, you know, wish to hurt their users. But inevitably, because of certain market situations, things went sideways. And uh, folks uh, did have a lot of pain and agony. There was a lot of pain out there when companies like Celsius, Voyager, Vault, and many others had issues with their, uh, uh, you know, uh, fulfilling some of their uh, commitments to investors. And part of the news that I wanted to share with you is learn more about DeFi. If you look at Celsius, even despite all the challenges they had with their uh, with the with the with their bankruptcy proceedings they still continue to repay their defi loans the beauty of crypto that 
a drive set and the reason why i believe that it has got potential for some incredible new uh, evolutions and improvements in for humanity as a whole is because a lot of what happens in crypto is written in smart contracts it is written in code you cannot negotiate with code you cannot uh, you cannot uh, manipulate it uh, because it is on chain it is transparent and it is over collateralized even if you take a loan on a defi exchange today there is an over collateralization that happens which ensures that you cannot get mischievous with the funds that you borrow and that is what happened with celsius as a matter of fact they paid off almost all of their defi loans to avoid liquidation of their collateral that was on these exchanges on these defi protocols so that is again reassuring and that brings me to the final part of this podcast which is why crypto is here to stay now when we talk about crypto what we also look at is the possibilities of what it can do for all of us and how we can move towards a new utopia where all of us have at least some part of our investments in crypto the news might play uh, uh, the news might play spoil sport with some of its doom and gloom announcements and you might be a little nervous about how you want to get started but it's only a matter of time before the dust settles and you would be able to see the possibilities that crypto holds and you will see a you know a, a beautiful rainbow that will emerge where you'll be able to find an avenue for you to invest and get started with your own web3 journey why today why is it that i believe that now is the time for crypto to be very candid with you uh, back in 2008 when the satoshi nakamoto bitcoin white paper came out uh, i was quite skeptical that was pretty much interestingly also the time when i started working i was fresh out of b school and i was a techie i used to love uh, everything that was digital and uh, you know security driven so i did uh, learn about bitcoin but i found that it was a little difficult to digest how you could have value for an ent- for a token for a crypto that honestly did not have any uh thing setting its fundamental value so that is the reason why i was a little hesitant and resistant to getting started with uh crypto in the first place but over the course of time i have learned more about it and what i have realized is that there were certain inflection points in human history in technical uh in in, in technical uh, developments which ensured and made it almost inevitable if not impossible for crypto not to happen some of those things i'll i'll share with you and these are just my honest perspectives uh, uh you, you are you are welcome to your own opinion about it you can tell me if you disagree with me but some of the factors why i believe crypto is here to stay is number 1 the emergence of the cloud when it came out many years back uh, cloud computing was something that was very ephemeral a lot of us knew hosted uh, servers and server racks sitting in our offices sitting in our homes uh, which were running whatever we were trying to run on the internet but cloud computing changed that you could have access to everything from a tiny micro instance to a football field sized server farm that could render and do all kinds of fantastic research and innovations for you within minutes which was 
impossible to even conceive before it came came around so computing power is one of the factors that i believe was the first driver of crypto emergence the second factor is mobile connectivity and the global uh, community we are looking at a borderless uh, ecosystem for humanity if if you might call it that with web 2.0 uh, applications unifying us on networks like twitter uh, you on facebook on uh, name it name the network telegram whatsapp name it you can connect to anyone anywhere in the world on any of these networks and have a conversation and quite often if you're like me you would you could have get into a conversation on twitter with someone and it would be an afterthought to actually go and look at where in the world they are so we became used to connectivity we became used to accessing our internet not just on desktops but also on our mobile phones which have become incredible over time and so powerful and so potent that we soon realize that we can connect and do so much uh, with each other but finance is still a, a point of friction you still cannot transact and interact with folks uh, a lot of us in various parts of the world are locked into certain financial ecosystems that allow us to transact within our uh, nation borders uh and international transactions have a lot of hoops that you have to jump through before you can actually do anything so the emergence of a global financial system that is regulated by code it's actually very logical and an evolutionary next step of what the web has unlocked for us the third piece that i feel uh is the reason why uh, crypto has come along is barriers to traditional finance or trade fi as it is called trade fi has had various factors so today if you want to open a bank account or invest uh, in any exchange or uh, any uh, you know buy a car or buy a home or buy anything anywhere you need to jump through various hoops you have a kyc process you have various taxation factors you have to be careful about who you're transacting with how you're holding on to your uh, funds and what not and for better or for worse there are many countries in the world where traditional finance has not made it easy for everyone to get banked even today in india being in india i can speak for some of the information that i have access to a large percentage of the population in india is still underbanked or there are still large fractions of the indian uh, audience which is absolutely not using any form of digital or banking service for that matter and the government of india is obviously trying various various steps to try and make sure that it is able to create a more inclusive banking system but that's just india now multiply that by the number of countries out there and you're looking at a level of complexity that traditional finance has been grappling to do for the longest time crypto again is zero kyc if you have a wallet address if you have a uh, wallet uh, that can accept crypto you are there it does not care who you are how you are what the net worth is you can get started with $1 and you can start staking it you can start earning on it and you can explore the ecosystem with absolutely zero judgment zero restrictions and that is the beauty of uh, defi or decentralized finance unlike what tradefi uh, does and again if you look at the interplay between uh, tradefi 
if i want to transact with again uh, running my own business with uh, uh, a team of global clients and uh, a team that is also globally distributed i have a fair amount of challenges when it comes to let us say paying somebody uh, a content writer based out of uh, maybe australia or africa or canada transacting with them is no easy task my banks uh, make it complicated uh, we have to wait for days if not weeks and months sometimes to get approvals to transact and make uh, add folks uh, uh, bank accounts with ourselves and make sure that we are able to transact with them versus back in the day when we could actually make crypto transactions it was a matter of seconds before i could just pay someone uh, usdc on polygon and be done with it and everybody is happy everybody wins but then again i do see the logic and rationale with how uh, the government needs to regulate and manage how its currency is being utilized and how it is changing hands uh, and i hope that it will get sorted out but because trade fi or traditional finance and between borders have so many challenges is one of the reasons why you would expect that folks would look for a borderless frictionless experience that is offered by defi and then again uh, as an extension to the same narrative with traditional finance we also have its volatility we despite its best practices and despite decades of regulation and laws trying to ensure that things don't go wrong things do go wrong and quite often at that we have situations where there are stock manipulations there is um, all kinds of bad actors driving all kinds of bad decisions which hurt people incredibly and it is very frustrating for the average investor to know that their hard earned cash their investments have been affected by a third party uh, who had bad intent or was just plain stupid it's it's not it does not sound fair and that is part of what you can again experience with uh, defi you can ensure that if anything happens you have only got yourself to blame you have you make the choices and you decide how you want to use your crypto assets and you ensure uh, you do the due diligence you do your own research dyor uh, before you invest and do uh, capture anything you can segment your funds make sure that you're not overexposed you can make sure that you can distribute your assets across different wallets cold wallets hot wallets name it and you can make sure that you alone are responsible for what happens to your funds and your earnings and that there's a certain sense of reassurance in that but again when uh, folks are manipulated and when they lose their lives earnings and their pensions for various reasons that might be driven by some uh, opportunistic profiteering investors on wall street or dalal street or name any other place in the world where uh, transactions and decision investment decisions are being made it becomes very logical for you to understand why uh, the distrust uh, and the sense of ownership and custodial uh, nature of defi has its appeal and then finally we have decentralization uh because a lot of uh defi and crypto is driven by code and not people per se while there are fantastic people out there and we all know so many of them you can't expect them to be firing on all cylinders at all given times you they people make mistakes and it would be tragic if those mistakes led to folks losing their life earnings and their investments uh because of those mistakes uh 
for no fault of theirs and that. So hence the ability of crypto to run entirely on uh, tech and code le uh, level of uh, smart contracts ensures that there is a level of decentralization. There is uh, there is no regulator or an entity which can take undue control of any crypto or any asset or any protocol that is on the chain. Uh, with the emergence of DAOs and or decentralized autonomous organizations and their voting rights, you're looking at a level of, again, I'm not saying DAOs are perfect. They are an evolving concept. Uh, uh, you should definitely learn more about them because they will inevitably drive some of the key decisions that you will see how Web3 evolves in future. For all these reasons and more, I feel that crypto is not going anywhere. Uh, and I can say that with certainty now. We are currently, if you remember the Mahatma Gandhi quote, we are currently in the fight phase. Governments are not necessarily fighting. I wouldn't call it that. They're still figuring it out. They're figuring out how they can fit crypto into the broader narrative. And we will soon see an evolution of uh, the crypto ecosystem as it grows. And I, I hope that you like this podcast. Again, this is my uh, first attempt at a podcast. I hope you liked it. Uh, we will uh, be publishing this podcast on our YouTube channel. We will be doing this live on Twitter, Facebook, and on YouTube. Uh, this particular first podcast because of YouTube's 24-hour cooling period is going to come up 24 hours late, uh, but it will be uploaded there. You will also be able to catch this podcast in its audio-only format on any of the podcast networks that you prefer to use. And again, um, join me on this journey. I invite you to subscribe. Uh, follow the rice.am uh, crypto podcast on uh, Twitter. Uh, tag me, uh, tag us and tag me on any of the conversations that you think we should be covering in future podcasts. I will bring this to you as often as I can, as regularly as I can and as sincerely as I can. Uh, and I hope that you enjoy this as much as I do uh, doing this for you. So again, thank you so much for joining me on this Maiden episode. I apologize for any errors in the audio or lighting or video that you might have experienced, but I will figure this out and we will get better with time, just as crypto did. <laughs> that being said, thank you so much for tuning in. I'll see you on the next one. Take care and good luck.